I'm Margaret Haddingpole and welcome to Opinions, Recipes, Regrets and Threats. This is another episode of Sexcuse Me, the Sexual Etiquette Podcast. This week, would you say it's okay to catch up on emails during sex? Hello and welcome to Joe Pasquale Reads Obituaries. A clip there from Mouse News. Hello and welcome to the Sound Heat Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the best podcasts around. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of Soundheap Inc. With 1,134 shows on the Soundheap network, it can be hard to know where to get started. Which is why I'm here, to give you some tastes of what's available. And I can't think of a better way to begin than with a clip from New Ways to Say Hello, hosted by Chipper Lala and Hokey Fun. You can say hello like this. Hello. 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 So you can just say um, good morning, but you can pronounce it good morning. Like good mar, <laughs> good morning. Yeah. Uh, clip clop. Hey, do. Howdy doody. You, you. You can you can just switch all the vowels to be different uh, vowels and switch all the con you can replace all the consonants with vowels and all the vowels with consonants. So instead of saying hello, you can say oh oh ob obi obit obit. You can just yeah. do that for any word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not goodbye. I like that. Not That's goodbye. That's nice. That's nice. And then yeah, people yeah, have yeah. to really think and reverse it in their head to figure <laughs> out what they're doing. You can have, what are we going to do now we've seen one another? That's a lot of fun. That's quite a fun yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, You can go, no kissing mind. Yep, that's quite nice. Uh, I um, made a sandwich and I put a big high inside. I'll open it up. Ooh, hi. hi! That's lovely. That's yeah. a really, really nice yeah. one. Here's hoping Chipper and Lala never say goodbye. And if they do, that they don't make a podcast about it. Coming up later in the Taste Pod, we'll drop in on Alan Spann's Safening Cacti, in which the well-respected horticulturalist offers advice on how to protect your health while caring for your succulents. How do I test um, whether it's truly blunt or not? Well, how about you try picking up a pickled onion with one of the spines? But before that, a fascinating bit of Fortiana on this week's To Me It Happened. Here's associate producer Effily Staint to tell you about it. I'm Effily Staint, associate producer on To Me It Happened. It was recycling bin night, and I was pouring the recycling into the sort of the big recycling bin outside. And I'm in, I'm in my pajamas because it's quite late at night. And as a jar fell, and it was a Nutella jar, and I could see that my housemate had thrown it out, but there was still Nutella in the jar. I don't know why I did it, but I just grabbed the Nutella jar and I put my finger in, 
and I scooped the last of the Nutella out on my finger. I put it in my mouth. And then literally, as I'm standing over the recycling bin with a Nutella-covered finger in my mouth, staring straight into my eyes, is Bigfoot. And he looked disgusted. How would you feel if Bigfoot saw you do something embarrassing? For Gareth Carpel, that's not a what-if. It's an it-was. And I shouted after him, going like, it's not, it's, it, it's clean, it's recycling, it's not, in the, it's not in the black bin, it's in the blue bin, and so everything around it will be quite, it's just recycled paper, basically, so. But he was gone, and, and any chance to explain myself was, uh, went with him. But it didn't end there. Two weeks later, Gareth thought someone was waving at him on the high street, when in fact, they were waving at the person outside the coffee shop behind him. By this point, my hand is in mid-air. I couldn't look like more of a plum if I tried. And I, I you, you have a moment where you're like, oh, but it's all right, nobody's seen. And then straight in front of me, outside Snappy Snaps, staring straight at me is Bigfoot. And he just looked at me, and he sort of rolled his eyes, turned and walked away. And um, I felt chastised. Three weeks after that, Gareth ordered dinner from a popular pizza delivery chain we won't mention for legal reasons. There was a knock at the door and I opened the door and the Domino's man was there and I took it off him and then he said to me, enjoy your meal and I don't know what came over me but I just replied with, you too. And I knew what I'd done and I thought I got away with it. And then, just over his shoulder, at the, at my, at the gate of my garden, standing there, watching it all, was Bigfoot. He put his finger on his nose with one hand, and then he like sort of just pointed at me with the other one, as if to go, yeah, nice one, mate, nice one. Could you describe Bigfoot for me? Yeah, sure, because I feel like I've seen him enough times. So the, the the main thing about him is his size. He's huge. He's I, I, I would say he's at least eight foot. But I think what surprises people about him whenever they see him is that he doesn't carry it off. Oh. You know, like oh. you get the, some tall people, but they've got a certain presence about uh, them. And they're just like, yeah, you're tall, but also, you you know, you, you can sort of hold yourself. Um. It just doesn't suit him. He's all over the place. He's all arms and legs. And he sort of yeah, wa- no. he doesn't walk. He sort of like he, just waddles. Oh and he's Ugh. he's very it's oh. very ungainly. And yeah. and the fur is I mean he needs to sort of I need to do something about it because he just looks filthy and the smell the smell is a trick. No. He's behind me, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's behind me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. You are right, mate? So be sure to catch up with To Me It Happened. Bigfoot keeps seeing me do embarrassing things. Thanks to Effily Staint for getting that together. There's a great episode of Two People Discuss Whether They'd Get On With Sting This Week. In it, Sam Bunt asks Hugh Pranter whether there's any type of behaviour from Sting that would make a friendship untenable. That's the cut and thrust, isn't it? If you can't handle the heat, 
get out of the kitchen. Sting mm. is going to lose his rank from time to time. He's creative. You know, and I am here, I think, personally, uh, I, I, I'm here to be a sounding board for Sting. Mm. And, of course, you know, I mean, he's going to be playing his concerts, isn't he? And occasionally things are going to be going wrong and the crowd are really asking for songs that he thinks that he's moved on from creatively. And sure, yeah, when we meet up for a coffee or a tea, who knows? The drink is up to him. He's going to lash out. So, he's going to lash out. But I feel able to cope with that. Without limit? Is there a border barrier, that boundary that he could cross? I wouldn't want him to spit on me. If he spat on me, I think that crosses a line. I'd I'd prefer him to to I would prefer him to punch me hard in the solar plexus than to be spat on. Those so are the two options I'd give him. If I if he walked in, I could see that he was angry, he was frustrated. I would say to him, "Listen, Sting, I know what you've got in your back pocket in your arsenal. If you're going to lash out, please." Make it the solar plexus. If you spit on me, so help me God, I will find it very, very, very difficult to forgive you. And I have invested an awful lot in this friendship, as you have as well. It takes two to tango. But spitting, spittle, for me, is a white line. You're listening to Soundheap. Soundheap. Putting sounds in a heap. This month, we welcome award-winning documentarian Bam Bam Cooper to the Soundheap family. Famed for piecing together the hidden stories of the modern world, Bam Bam is joining the network and turning his revealing lens onto the cultural phenomenon of the much-loved space-based sitcom Red Dwarf. Take a listen to On Crichton. Right, so at the end of the day, I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. I turned it on one night. It was on, I think, BBC Two, or it might have been on a friend's video. I don't know, but it was just on. And I just saw this man with different shapes on his head, all over, all over his head. It was so exciting to me to see that. And I looked at him and I felt myself in those corners. For me, it was a betrayal of the, the core cast. What we've established is a a perfect trifecta of characters, a perfect combination of of laziness, of austerity and of vanity. And what's added to this is this sort of aberration of character, this sort of, I, I guess you would call it a matriarch, but why? When the whole point is that this is a show about men who have forsaken God and therefore forsaken Mother Nature. When I shaved my head, I discovered that my head was the shape of Crichton's head. So I thought, well, that's that's clearly a thing, isn't it, that I need to look into. And then when I looked into it, I was like, oh, he's really great, that one. That one's funny. And I always found Crichton quite compelling because he was the voice of reason. He was he was the one who said, we, we, have, to, we have to kill JFK for the good of humanity. And he also cooked a human in that episode. And I, I thought that was someone who would, was willing to make the tough choices. Yeah, I don't really see him as an actor. I see him more as a vessel for Crichton. That's just the, it's just how I would describe him as more of a vessel. Um, and I told him that, and he said, oh, that's... He, he seemed very intrigued by that, and then he walked away. On the some occasions that Robert Llewellyn deigns to turn up at these things, whenever he showed his, uh, his very smooth face, contrary to what he presents in Red Dwarf, then... I would, um, I'd let him know what I, I thought of him. 
I'd let him know that I'm sorry. I, I don't buy the accent. I, I, I'm not convinced by your sort of odd, you know, high knee walk. And I would, I would threaten him. But that's only because I care. Yes, that's something I came up with. Uh, it just came to me. I had a very useful history degree in ancient monarchy. And when I saw this transformation in 89 into 1990, I was very intrigued by it. It instantly reminded me of the parallel between the non-erotic king and the erotic king. Crichton became erotic between decades. Here's the robot, right? Yeah. Um, well, I d see, the thing is, um, all I know is that it we he weirds me out because of the shape of his head, and that's literally all I know about him. What do you what What do you feel when you see him? It creeps me out. Like genuinely, it freaks me out. Why do you think that is? It's the it's the you know the the head like his head and how they've made him like angular and shit. Um, it it does something to me viscerally. Every other decade is erotic. So the 80s was not erotic. The 90s was erotic. And then the 2000s we thought was going to be erotic. But then, of course, 9-11. And then 2010s, very erotic. 2020s, non-erotic for, for all sorts of reasons. I, I called Robert Llewellyn a, um, a driving prick because of the, he does a show where he drives comedians around. And I said, you, sir, are a driving prick. And I feel bad because that was a personal attack, not about Crichton, but about his other work. But probably the rudest thing I've called him with regards to Crichton is I've, I've said to him, why don't you ram your head up your groinal socket in reference to the sort of the socket which um, Crichton uses to clean, which sort of um, its positioning on his body means that it's reminiscent of sort of a large phallus. If you could just sum up Crichton in one word, what would it be? One word. A robot. Thanks to Bam Bam Cooper for choosing Soundy Pink. Follow us on Twitter at Soundy Pink and be the first to find out about our exciting upcoming tweets. Now, a trip to the plant pot with Alan Spand as he helps us tend to our green friends while avoiding a trip to accident and emergency in safening cacti. No, no, keep that in, keep that in. Now, my regular guest here at Safeting Cacti, your friend, not mine, it's Mrs. Beatrice Beatrice. <laughs> we are friends, Alan. No, I know we are friends, we are friends, but I just was doing a little joke there, wasn't I? It's lovely to be here, yes. Last week, it was all about putting lots of tiny corks on the cacti. Now, obviously, that cacti is now safened. It's bit, I've, I've, I've had that cactus, cactus in my house for the last week. There's been no accidents at all. It's been absolutely wonderful. And I've got that. I've got three cats and two children, and they've been absolutely safe as safe and, as houses. Did you, so did you do the activity? You, the activity, the, cac, the cactus, the cactus uh, hopping. The cactus hopping, yes. Hop yes, over a did, cactus. We did, we did the cactus hopping. That went very, very well. Uh, Excellent. It's, 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 it's lucky. It's, it is, I last think it's lucky it's a small cactus because any bigger, and I think for the little ones, it would, the cactus hopping might be a little, you know, yes. a, a tripping hazard. Can you uh, uh, get your new cactus 
Yes, I've got I've got it right here in this little bag. Just... And have you, you got the oh, special gloves? Ah, ah see, ah. this is why we're doing this podcast. Ah. Yes, I've said I just I should have thought I should have thought. Hold it, it by I, the pot until by... we've ensafened it. Yes, yes, hold it by the pot until we've ensafened it. I so I feel so silly. Sorry, I I, I, I feel like I should have made that phrase rhyme to make it easy for you to remember. Well, it, well there's, there must be a way of making it rhyme, isn't there? Um, hold it by the bottom until... No. Hold it by the base. Don't put it in your face, no. It's your hands that have been the problem. Yes. Well, hold it by the pot so hurt your hands will not be. No, I don't think you need the extra B at the end there. It both ruins the rhyme and the sentence. Right. Hold it by the pot so be not hurt they not. I miss the hands bit. I miss the hands. Will you remember that, though? I think I won't. I won't. I, 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 sorry, I just pulled the spine out, but I will remember it. Hold it by the pot. Not, 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 not. OK, well, we'll move on. If you're listening outside the UK and thinking of buying a cactus, please check your own country's regulations on cactus ownership. It's not worth risking a criminal record. In Helping Heston, members of the public pitch ideas for new dishes to go on the menu at boundary-pushing chef Heston Blumenthal's three Michelin star fat duck restaurant. What I think, because often Heston likes a sort of theatrical experience, doesn't he? Do do you know what he hasn't done is, I know this is probably a step too far and I don't know if it's legal. Say it! I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Cannibalism. Right. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Just in any, any... Well, just bits of stuff. I mean, I'm not suggesting, you know, obviously that he kills people to eat, but like freshly mm. dead bodies, bits of them sprinkled about. Well, maybe as a garnish, the... maybe as a garnish, an ear. There's, there's a lot of um, parts of the body which you don't need to survive. You appendix. Know, you do without. A- appendix. Appendix, moose. yes. So or... we don't even need the bodies to be dead. No, I mean, do you know, like the amount of surgery that women are having now and the amount of kind of flesh that gets taken away to kind of reduce the wattle or, or you know, just to do a bit of kind of a lift on the face, you know, yeah. pull it back, slice a bit off. So a bit of that kind of skin, um, because let's not pretend that it's not nutritional, that it's not tasty. I mean, God, you know, I don't even I don't need to eat another human being to know that I'd probably enjoy it. You're listening to Soundteep. Soundteep. Lots of noisy treats. Recently, we launched Conspiracy Heap, the home for all your misinformation needs. Conspiracy Heap. Propping up big tinfoil since 2021. It's been very popular, though it has cost me my friendship with Professor Brian Cox. Following one of this week's releases... We've had various emails expressing concern about podcaster Terry Cool's health. Terry, of course, hosts, together with Jess Flamps, Conspiracy Heat podcast, Reflections on the Theme of Mortality. In the show, they share their opinions, as is their lawful right. Their opinions are that death is in fact not real, but something made up by the Illuminati, or big business, or nudge-nudge people who don't do much on a Saturday wink-wink, and a content warning. The following podcast contains consequences you may find upsetting. The government is not transparent. They take us for a group of mugs. There, are, there is money being funnelled away that the 
we're the ones who know, and I don't know why people don't listen more to us. They're frightened of the truth. Well, we've, we've, we've got to prove it, and that's what we're doing. We have launched our scientific group to prove once and for all that death does not happen, that death cannot happen, and we will be proving it today by enacting something they would say would absolutely kill you. They would say, oh, this will make you dead. I believe you have the gun in front of you. Yes, and I'm going to use it. I think really it would be a waste for me to use it on myself right. because I'm one of the pioneers of this uh, this movement, you and I, really. I was just thinking, have you still got your gun there? Because I have got a, a fruitcake in the oven. That I don't... I'm not, Just in case I, I feel a bit funny after pulling the gun, I don't think I'm going to die. Well, but... it ha- no, of course not. What do we say about death? We say, no, thank you, this isn't a thing. <laughs> this isn't uh, a thing, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, no. It is the loss of... They, they say that death is the absence of life, but in fact, death is the absence of sanity. Well, very well, uh, no, but we do know that people do that strange... Temporary sleep after uh, a fatal, in inverted commas, close inverted commas, act. And so, yes, I do understand you have a fruitcake in the oven. And so I will use the gun I have in front of me to kill, in inverted commas, close inverted commas, myself. And we will once and for all blow this whole thing open. Right, here we go. Um, On the count of three, I will put... And you're witnessing this, and we are filming this so that we can put it up on YouTube and you can be seen. This gun has been checked by an official gun checker, and I am sure that this is... I I can't finish my sentence. I have lost the train, but the fact is we we will prove... We're, we're going to prove something. We're putting we're, our money yeah, where our mouth we're is. putting it where our mouth is. And I will stand up and I will say I am not dead. I and will I will it. bring you some fruitcake. <laughs> I would love the... to have some fruitcake. It would be absolutely wonderful for you to bring me some fruitcake. Yes, I can. Right, here we go. You appear to have disappeared from the, from the screen. I'm just going to... Brian... What? The, the screen's gone a bit funny. There's a, a red... There's a red mark on it. Brian! Yes, no, the fruitcake isn't ready yet. Come away from the oven. You'll get salmonella from eating the... Just come... I've been in touch with Terry and Jess, asking after Terry's health. A few days passed with no reply, and I was beginning to worry. But then, just this morning, I received an email from Jess... She assured me everything was fine and attached the WAV of next week's episode. So, here's the very first listen. I haven't even listened to it yet. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Are you short? Are you tall? We don't mind as long as you don't say that dead is a thing. Hooray, hooray. Welcome, welcome. Here I am, I'm Jessica and I'm joined by Terry Cool. Yes, he's so very cool. And we'll be talking today about how we know that death isn't true. Now, Terry, what do you think has happened this week that you could say really proves that death does not exist? Well, Jessica, I've witnessed a lot of things in my life and one of them has been that my grandmother's funeral... No, we've we've heard that before, actually, Terry, and the grandmother's funeral. Is there anything else? I'm just trying to think, Jessica. Uh, You're always full of so many thoughts, Terry. That's why we love you. That's why we all love you. Well, yes, I am. Uh, 
I have never seen anything die. Why, oh, why, oh, why? That, you're doing your funny rhymes again, Terry. Um, that's so great. Uh, yeah, we, we, they say you've never seen anything die. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Uh, well, because, as we know, death doesn't exist. Um, it really doesn't exist. And uh, Terry knows that more than anyone. Don't you, Terry? Yes, yes, I do. I, if it existed, why would I be able to talk after what I did with the gun? Huh? If it really existed, I wouldn't be talking now, would I? Me, Terry. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, Terry. You're talking really well today. Right. So hopefully that's provided some um, reassurance. Dawny, Dawny, did you... Did you listen to the... What? Well, you must like some of our podcasts. Or, or the, why, why not listen to this one ironically? All right. Okay, so we're coming to the end of this week's Taste Pod. But before we say boop boop, there's just time for a punch out. In describing pretzels to Peter who's never seen a pretzel, people describe pretzels to Peter who's never seen a pretzel. What this is, is sort of a bagel's friend. It's three of them. It's three. It's sort of an accident bagel. But they're very popular. They're very... You must have... You've seen it. They're base, baseball games, sports games. They're sort of like a... They look like a sort of Celtic bread. They're about the size of a crab. They're a sort of baked crab, if you will. And they're kind of... I don't know how to... Describe, with salt. Like you would a crab sometimes, you know. I'm I'm shocked to be honest, that you haven't, you haven't seen one. You get hard ones, soft ones, small, big, much like crabs. I mean, I, I can't parse this. Do you want me to draw it? No, no, okay. Um, all right, you know a baguette? Imagine that, but longer, thinner, and then imagine you sort of kept, you're trying to hold it straight and you kept dropping it and it kept sort of, falling amidst itself. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Carrie Ad Lloyd, Ellis James, Gareth Gwynn, Izzy Sutty, Johnny Donahoe, Josie Long, Jos Norris, Catherine Parkinson, Ken Cheng, Kieran Hodgson, Paddy Jervers, River Hall, Ruth Bratt, Simon Ferdos, Suze Kempner, Tom Tuck, and Tom Neenan. The original music was by Paddy Jervers and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the producer was Ed Morrish. Soundheap is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop. And she was, um, she was very nice about it. Um, you know, absolutely. <laughs> And said, "Look, don't it's fine. just leave out and try again in sort of twenty minutes or something." And I said straight away, "No, I can't." Bigfoot saw. <laughs>